Ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 welcome back in because this is a big day. It's a new week. I'm back in my humble abode and we're going to be able to actually live stream tonight with a Q&A for the Monday Night Football Slate. Million Dollar Ruskies to first place on DraftKings, over $6,000 to first place on SuperDraft, which is a huge prize pool to the presenting sponsor of this show. What's going on, everybody? If you're brand new, well, I hope you had a good holiday last week anyways. Hope you're back, all set, safely traveled, all healthy. You're ready to go close out week 12 now with this showdown slate. And what we do here is we go down through every single viable player. Every player that I think is going to be in play. We're going to take out all the players that are on IR. We're going to take out all the players that don't run routes or are not going to play any snaps or are likely going to be projected inactives based on the fact that we have some other running backs back, like a Chris Carson today. So we're going to talk about all this news for these players, going every single player, going to let you know early on if I have a yes by them, if I have a maybe, or if I just have a flat out no, I don't want to be playing them early on. Later on, I crunch my 150 lineups and we get together for a 6 p.m. East Coast time live stream. Answer any of the questions that you may have from there. And then we go on for an hour. We bullshit a little bit. We talk, we chat, we talk about the, the slate from this past week where Tyreek Hill goes nuclear for 60 fantasy points. We'll take that to the bank every single time when he's in the main lineup. And it's basically impossible not to lose that week. So hopefully all of you, a lot of people in the Discord, a lot of people in the Patreon, we're having some Tyreek Hill as well and just Mahomes stacks in general. So hopefully you had a very nice week. Week 12 main slate. Why don't we close it up with a little bit of fun on this showdown slate here. But before we do, hit me with that bad old like button. Hit me with the big old subscribe button. I appreciate you all the time. It feels nice to be back in the studio for the first time uh, doing these shows in almost a week, six days or so. I've been doing them from the road, been uh, trying to preload a lot of content. So it's nice to have this one. And this show is going to be sponsored right now by Superdraft, our friends over at Superdraft as the month closes. If you want to check out Superdraft, you should, you really should right now. I'm liking Superdraft a lot. I wasn't able to play when I was up in the Northeast, which sucked. I forgot all about how Pennsylvania and a lot of other states around there, New York for some gaming sites just does not allow some of these new gaming sites. And that stunk because I wanted to play on Thanksgiving. I wanted to play in the main slate. So I couldn't be playing them, but we were giving you a pick still. We were giving you all the projections still on Superdraft. Now I'm able to play them. Now that I'm back down South, I'm going to have a ton of fun tonight for the showdown slate. And yeah, so Superdraft is a multiple multiplier format. So what that means is tonight, Russell Wilson has a 1x multiplier. So if Russell Wilson scores 22 fantasy points, he'll have 22 fantasy points. But there's guys on this slate, like let's say Freddie Swain. Freddie Swain, the wide receiver four for the Seattle Seahawks. He's a 3x multiplier. So if he just so happens to maybe have a reception, find the end zone, let's just say scores seven fantasy points, finds the end zone with a touchdown, he's going to end up scoring 21 fantasy points. So his very low usage is actually going to be pretty similar to Russell Wilson, who might have the highest usage on the entire slate. So it's a multiplier format, keeps everybody in play. Basically, you can play whoever you want because there's not a salary cap. And if you want to check it out, you should. People are winning left and right in the Discord over on Patreon. Uh, we have had people win $25,000. Every single showdown slate that I have seen in the Discord, somebody has taken home, honestly, $500 plus. Last night was like the lowest I've ever seen, and somebody took home $800 on the, on the main slate on Superdraft. On these showdown slates, people keep winning first, second place for $3,000, $4,000, Pretty damn good chunk change. Somebody won $25,000, I think, a month ago now. But you can check it all out and get a nice little bonus up to $1,000 free money if you use the promo code SAL in a slow drip format. That is S-A-L. We're going to put this company out of business by just taking all that dollar roots from them. That being said, check it out. Sal, S-A-L again, down below. Let's know you come for me. Let's start this show off with Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson right now is my highest projected player and it's by a large margin. I have Russell Wilson projected for over six more fantasy points than anybody else right now on Patreon. I have ownership projections, rankings, all that stuff for tonight's slate. You can follow along. You can check it out. Just follow that link to check it all out. But yes, Russell Wilson, a huge projection difference than anybody else. So I'm obviously going to have interest in him. Now his pass blocking advantage is kind of worrisome. He has a bad offensive line. He has for three years now and he's facing Philadelphia Eagles number one pass rush, a negative 36% pass blocking advantage. Wilson's throwing 36 times per game. Rush right now is averaging 299 yards per game and 309 air yards per game. He's still top five in yards per attempt, the number one play action quarterback because he's number two in overall accuracy. I have a lot of interest in Russell Wilson just based on the fact that, oh uh, yes, the wide receivers, somebody tonight. And yes, there's a decent chance that one of these wide receivers in a DK Metcalf, a Tyler Lockett, maybe one of the guys like Travis Fulgham or somebody on the Eagles hits a ceiling of 25 plus fantasy points, has a hundred yard game with a touchdown. That's basically what you're rooting for there. Five, six receptions. You get to 25 
25 plus fantasy points and then they outscore Russ but right now based on projections in median outcomes it looks like Russ although his ceiling is somewhat limited compared to wide receivers but his rushing upside gives him that 30 to 40 point ceiling still his median projection is too good to not have full-on interest in right now next up we start to get to some of his receivers and that first one is going to be DK Metcalf who DK Metcalf is going to come into this one with a massive advantage I mean this is going to be when you watch this game when it's in man's man coverage and that's what I expect it to be for a good amount of the time with Darius Slay on him the new addition this year from the Detroit Lions it is going to be yo it's going to be David versus Goliath but this time David ain't going to win this thing in my opinion it's going to be Goliath just slamming this man all around the field positive three percent matchup advantage versus Slay who is allowing 1.17 yards for cover so Slay hasn't been terrible hasn't been good he's just been kind of meh he's been there right he hasn't been elite the guy that they thought he would because he's an aging quarterback and those guys usually have three to four good years in them and I believe those years are behind him but this is the thing that's crazy now DK we know that this man is a man among boys usually he's going to have a 39 pound advantage on Darius Slay so you want to tell me oh Sal pounds that mean doesn't mean anything oh okay so DK who is a specialist in terms of jump ball and then is now getting better at separation in his second year in the league but still the guy who's a contested catch jump ball artist especially downfield where he is currently in the NFL number two in deep attempts in 20 plus yards downfield with 21 number three in total air yards right uh number seven in yards perception with 11.2 yes this man is going to absolute feast when he's going to be able to just literally just bump bump off the line of scrimmage he's never going to be at a disadvantage off the line of scrimmage that's why this weight comes into play right this weight advantage that he has the positive 30 percent overall advantage that he has when it comes to skill set because instead of getting canned at the line of scrimmage right that five yards of illegal contact where it's not going to be a flag nobody's going to be able to do that dk is going to have the advantage off the line of scrimmage in an insane way against any of these cornerbacks but especially slay who i assume they try to put on him a good amount so dk for me is a yes as the average is 7.7 targets per game i do like that now we start to get into some uh some thick stuff here some stuff that's going to be a little bit uh tough to weed through maybe uh double c's on that thick thicc if you know you know carson wentz right now at ten thousand four hundred dollars carson wentz has not been great last three games he's been under 20 fantasy points in all of them we know in real life he has not been great at all and now reports have come out by ian rapaport that Jalen Hurts was taking first team reps this week, all week long first team reps, and expect him to be on the field a lot more with Carson Wentz off the field. So does that mean he's actually going to attempt to pass or he hasn't been doing that at all? Does that mean he's going to run a little bit more? Because in the last two weeks, we've only seen Jalen Hurts run three times, but now he's actually taking first team reps and they have the report saying that he's going to be playing. Now, could this just all be smoke and it's going to be Carson Wentz seeing all the touches and Jalen Hurts sees like four carries instead of his one or two carries that he sees in a game and it's just to motivate Carson Wentz? It very much could be, right? So we have to kind of factor that in a little bit, but based on the reports, it seems like it's not going to be a 50 50 split. You might see Jalen Hurts playing 20% of the quarterback snaps. If he attempts six state passes, if he sees six state rushing attempts, it's going to be impactful to Carson Wentz. Now, I don't think it's going to be impactful enough for me to want to play Jaden Hurts at his price point unless we get more news, but it's just going to detract from Carson Wentz. So if I can't project Carson Wentz for 18 to 20 fantasy points against a really bad Seattle secondary and bad Seattle pass rush, where he's going to have a positive 23% pass blocking advantage, Seattle's ranked bottom five, 28th overall pass rush. If I can't project him for a full-on usage role, and now we're going to have Jalen Hurts maybe in red zone packages, Jalen Hurts taking away potentially eight to 10 opportunities from him in terms of how many dropbacks once will have instead of once seeing 35 attempts in this game or his 38 per game that he's seeing he only sees 25 to 28 overall attempts because he's not on the field as much that's going to hurt you especially at this price tag he's only averaging 6.1 yards per attempt that's 33rd right now in the nfl although he's throwing it deep he's not converting with yardage number three in deep attempts of 20 plus yards but only averaging 232 yards per game so Wentz can't be a yes for me he's not going to be a no because again if you're a quarterback attempting 25 passes on a showdown slate you're going to be in play right you can be efficient in that metric although he hasn't been this year but now he does have a nice matchup against Seattle's defense, which is going to be, if anything, a get right spot. So we'll see as the day goes on, if we get more reports in terms of how much exactly we're going to have Jalen Hurts on the field, is it 25% of the snaps? Because then, yeah, that's going to impact the eight pass attempts more that Carson Wentz would have had on the field in those snaps. And now you're only getting 28 
attempts, 30 attempts, instead of closer to 40 attempts, which pays off this $10,000 plus salary. Next up, you have Tyler Lockett here, who's going to have a massive advantage in the slot, a positive 32% against Robbie Coleman, the former Ram, who they got on a one-year deal for a million dollars, a fantastic deal, I thought, but he has not been good this year, allowing over a 79% or exactly 79% catch rate. He's seeing right now, Tyler Lockett, that is, 25% of the target share, 8.8 targets per game. He's kind of just propelled up on a couple of big games, but he's getting nice usage. Number 11 in the NFL in deep attempts, but also seeing that red zone usage being number eight overall in the red zone. 56% of his snaps out of the slot, which is the high upside. That's what her C. Coleman this game. At $9,600, you're getting almost a $2,000 discount off DK Metcalf. Look, Metcalf has been much more consistent in terms of just big play upside and converting on those because Russ has been an absolute monster and a dime throwing deep, really his entire career and just efficient. But Lockett at this price tag is going to be a very nice, I would say, pivot play off of Metcalf if you want to. I currently have them projecting out for basically the same fantasy points, but obviously the upside goes to Lockett there because he's $2,000 or so cheaper. So I like Lockett a good amount. As of right now, we'll see how much projections I get later, but I would assume I get a little bit more Lockett than Metcalf with this price discount. Next up, we have an Eagles positional player, Miles Sanders here, who I do think is going to be in a firm spot and a nice spot to get to in GPPs. A little less interested in cash. If you're playing cash on a slowdown, shake your head, give yourself a little bit of a pat on the chin right there. I don't know, or slap on the chin, a pat would be a good job. I don't think that's something you should be doing. But again, it's your money, so I don't really care what you're doing, right? You can go right now to the screen if you're looking at this and say, I'm playing cash tonight. Give me the bird on your end and, and I'll feel that. And I'll say, okay, you're right. You know what? I'll stay out of your business. But anyways, going over to Miles Sanders, minus 34% run blocking advantage versus the Seahawks, who are a good run defense so far. Maybe it's because teams are just throwing down on them a lot more, but when they're facing the run, they are number four overall graded by pro football focus. And Sanders very sneakily, number five in opportunity share, meaning how many opportunities he sees on his specific team compared to how many other running backs in the NFL see a certain amount of opportunities percentage-wise on their teams. So he's seeing 14 and a half attempts and five targets per game, so almost 20 opportunities per game. And he's seen 20 plus opportunities and now back-to-back games since he's been back and healthy. A 13 and a half percent target share as a running back is seventh in the NFL on 24 routes per game. I like Miles Sanders a good amount. Again, if you're playing cash, I don't like him as much as these Seattle uh, wide receivers, but I like him a good amount in, in cash. Still, he's okay, a, a tier below that, but I like him in GPPs. Right now, a peek behind the current on Patreon. Again, you can see my projections, rankings, uh, value, ownership for these slates, and a ton more stuff. A lot of people are having a ton of success, especially people who never won 50 max before, people who are playing single entry and three max, completely wrong. People who just play optimal cash lineups. All those types of skill sets are going to be helped on Patreon based on the tools that we have to offer over there. And as of this past couple of weeks, and as of November the month, we now have ownership projections, not only for the showdown slates, but the main slates as well. So come check it out. Right now I have Miles Sanders projected for 16 fantasy points flat. Makes him a very good play for me. Uh, if we're talking about Super Draft, the presenting sponsor, I currently have Tyler Lockett, as we just talked about, as my number one Super Draft play again. So if you use that promo code, you can see that right below me on the YouTube channel, you get a little bit of a bonus there. So Sanders at 16 fantasy points, it basically makes him like a neck and neck tie almost uh, within a fantasy point or two uh, as being like one of the top two, three, four scores on the slate. Next up, we're getting Chris Carson, who is almost ready to return in that last game. Now he is expected to return. So you can uh, calm your expectations. Travis Homer is still hurt, but he's not going to get much time. I doubt DJ Dallas sees anytime. It's going to be, uh, it seems Rashad Penny is going to miss this game. So it's going to be the Chris Carson show. Some Carlos Hyde sprinkled in, but set to return. First game since week seven. He's seen 19 or more fantasy points, 19.8 to be exact, fantasy points in all of his healthy games, but one. So it's basically like four out of his five healthy games. He's seen almost 20 fantasy points in all of them because his usage has just been very good and a high powered offense. He's going to have in this one a positive 34% run blocking advantage against the Eagles, who are pretty much neutral, even against the run number 15 overall. And we're seeing out of Carson 15 plus touches in every single one of his last four healthy games. So basically that last game when he got hurt in week seven, those four weeks before that, that is six, five, four, and three, those weeks, he saw 15 plus opportunities and he was cashing in with a ton of fantasy points. Chris Carson for me is going to remain in play. He's going to be as of right now for me, a yes in my projections, because look, I have Miles Sanders projecting out better than Chris Carson right now. But if we're talking about GPPs and hitting the upside, he's probably going to come in lower owned, I would assume, than Miles Sanders. So Chris Carson also going to be a yes for me. Again, I do like Miles Sanders more just based on pure point projection for the price point. But if indeed that we see some ownership, 
ownership coming in, let's just say 35% of Miles Sanders and only 25 or 20% of Chris Carson, it's worth the pivot for the slim fantasy point difference. Now we get to uh, Jalen Hurts, who I'm not going to have interest in. Look, the report from Ian App report said, and I quote, expected to see increased playing time per reports. He has taken first team reps this week. In his last two weeks since before getting this new role, he had three carries for five yards and zero passing in them. So obviously there's going to be a big bulk up. You don't take first team reps and all this stuff. Uh, but again, there's just a chance that it could just be one last ditch effort to kind of put uh, kind of flames on the seat uh, even more of Carson Wentz. And maybe that gets him going. But it could be Jalen Hurts sees exactly half and he sees 20 overall attempts, five on the ground, 15 in the air. I doubt that happens. But if that happens at 7,200, makes him an interesting play. Probably more so interesting on Superdraft where he has a 2.35x multiplier. But for me right now, until we get more news, and if we get more news, we can talk about it on the live stream tonight. I'm just going to have a no on Jalen Hurts. He's not somebody that if I project him, I'm projecting him out decently. Like I think I'm over projecting him right now to see somewhere close to like eight to 10 total opportunities in this between passing attempts and rushing attempts. I still don't get him towards double digit fantasy points when a lot of guys right below him in the seven, six, and even five K range just project out as better plays. So it's kind of a dead range, right? We have an $8,800 Chris Carson. And then the seven K range, in my opinion, is dead. So like there's just $2,000 drop off. I don't want to play Hertz. I don't want to play Carlos Hyde, who's he's priced up because DraftKings, I guess, didn't know if Chris Carson was going to play because at $7,000, you can't play Carlos Hyde, right? He's going to probably see six to eight, maybe seven to nine touches in this one. And week 11, he played well, but that was with right Chris Carson out 71% of the snaps, 16 touches, 95 yards and a touchdown. He's played well in games, back-to-back games that is now when he's actually been able to play and start and there was no Chris Carson out there. Now, Chris Carson back, I expect him to see his normal usage when Carson has been in there of like six touches per game, maybe up to eight. But at $7,000, he's clearly overpriced by maybe even three to 4,000. So you get this $2,000 drop-off, right? From guys that are, I think are in play. Chris Carson at 8,800 and then a huge drop-off to Fulham at $6,800. So this seems like a slate to me, at least where you're probably going to more times than not, not use much of the mid-range because there's just not as many options. So it's gonna be maybe build a two or three of these guys above or at Chris Carson's price point and try and find one or two punt plays where I think there's gonna be some decent options on this slate. Now you get a bunch of Eagles players that look, the quarterback situation is going to be concerning. Like if there's six less pass attempts because Hertz is running, yeah, that takes away target share and opportunities and upside from all these players on a one game slate. So a lot of these Eagles players kind of project out similarly because we don't have much information. Like Travis Fulgham has just disappeared. He's still running routes. He's still seeing targets. He's just not the same Travis Fulgham. Who did it better? Jeremy Lynn or Travis Fulgham? I mean, obviously Jeremy Lynn did in terms of Lynn's sanity, but you get the point, right? Showing up for a month or two and absolutely dominating and then doing nothing since then. He'll have a matchup against Trey Flowers, who he has 12 pounds on. Trey Flowers allows a 76% catch rate. So it's a nice matchup for him. And look, he's had all the usage, right? He's seen in eight targets per game, 23 and a half percent target share. And in his last two games, run 75 routes. That's a team high, but he's only finished with two catches on 16 yards. The nice thing was he saw 12 targets. So Travis Fulgham is in play at $6,800 because he just has this upside. He continues to run routes and continues to see targets. They're just not connecting, partially because you have a very inaccurate quarterback and bad quarterback this season in Carson Wentz. And now in this game, trying to project it out, it's difficult if you're going to have a third or a quarter of those snaps taken away from a rushing quarterback. The analysis can be very similar for all these players. I would say maybe Dallas Goddard at $6,400 is my favorite play, just from stability standpoint, getting a lot of targets in the middle of the field and a fair price point is 6400 He'll basically a net neutral matchup against KJ Wright, who allows 0.92 yards per cover. There's still no Ertz. Maybe he comes back next week. Goddard seeing 5.2 targets per game on a 14% share quarter of his snaps, 25% exactly out of the slot. And then he's come on a little bit, right? Last week, you saw Dallas Goddard have a very nice game. Five catches, 77 yards and a touchdown on six targets ends up going for basically like tight end one type numbers close to 20 fantasy points. So Goddard's in play for me. He's not a yes as of right now, but he's a maybe. He's probably the Eagles pass catcher. As I look at this before running a lot of my lineups that I like the most. Jalen Rieger's in play and he's cheap. He's $5,800. He'll have to probably see Shaq Griffin though. That's a tough matchup. So Shaquem Griffin minus 9% matchup there. Shaquille Griffin, uh, who allows 1.39 yards per cover this season. So it's a decent spot for Rieger. We just haven't seen all that much upside 
out of Rieger this year, but we're maybe slowly starting to see it. In his last two games, he has run 72 routes, second most out of any player on the Eagles, so he's getting a lot more usage. Alshon Jeffrey is nowhere to be found, right? A lot of these other guys, John Hightower, Quez Watkins, nowhere to be found. The other rookies, it's all their first round pick, as it should be. Rieger's role, and he ended up seeing eight catches, 99 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, that's not terrible. That's basically averaging about 10 fantasy points per game over your last two games, and 10 fantasy points of $5,800, although it's not going to be standout, it's going to be decent and not kill a lot of your lineups. Rieger is in play for me. And then we get to the final Eagle receiver who I don't have that much interest in, but maybe that's just the type of guy that you need a low eight dot target for any of these quarterbacks who if it's going to be Wentz or Hurts to throw to, but at $5,200, I think you're overpaying, especially because of the Seattle wide receiver three that we'll talk about in a second for Greg Ward. Look, 5,200, he's going to have a bad matchup against Amandi who allows just 0.94 yards per cover. And he's been so bad this season, Greg Ward. Look at these numbers, 7.3 yards per attempt. In terms of getting downfield with upside, not at all. That ranks 111th in the NFL out of wide receivers. That's just a wide receiver position, not running backs or tight ends. 5.3 yards per target, 5.3 yards per target. He's literally on average being targeted only five yards from the line of scrimmage, meaning that he's being targeted on screen passes, meaning that he's being targeted on screen passes in short slants, which for his skill set, he's not OBJ, are not going to lead to much upside on his like four to five targets per game. So that's not great. That ranks 108th. And if you're going to be relying on, let's say screens, but really short slant plays and curl routes, you're gonna have to get separation, which he's not. He's 80th overall in separation. So it's really difficult for me to want to get to Greg Ward when Jalen Rieger, much more upside is only $600 more. And when David Moore is going to be $600 less or $800 less. So right now I'm not going to be getting to Greg Ward. I'm going to want to get to David Moore, who I do have a lot of interest in at $4,600 because there's not much value on this slate. If you take away the kickers and defenses, which we know for the most part, okay, they're going to project out for like six to eight fantasy points. Hopefully the kicker kicks a 50 yard field goal to get you to 10 plus. Hopefully the defense scores a touchdown to get you to 12, right? That's basically the standard analysis for those uh, positions. But if you're going to take those out of the play and look for a guy who actually has like 15 plus point upside and I'm not going to project him for that, but as that realistic upside based on how many routes he'll run, it's going to be David Moore, who has a positive 16% matchup advantage against Avante Maddox, who allows 1.71 yards per cover. Huge matchup advantage here for David Moore, who right now is seeing three targets per game, but has had a lot more usage over the last month of the season, running 19 routes per game, and he has a 10.9 yards per target. That's number eight in the NFL. Very quietly, David Moore is putting up some impressive numbers this season as a wide receiver three on a team. 10.9 yards per target is very good. That means you're getting a lot of downfield usage for David Moore, meaning that all he needs is those three targets. All he needs is to connect on one at this price point on a showdown slate to pay off for you. So $4,600, he's currently a yes for me. He might be slightly overpriced, but there's not much other value to kind of bail you out on this slate. Now we get to the kickers. I like them more in cash lineups. They're okay. They're fine. Like if you want to get to them, that's okay. I'll set a rule to get at most one. In my opinion, this game has a 48 and a half overall over under it, at least opened that last time I updated it. So I could see a kicker being in the winning lineup. It's about that iffy point where if this was like a 54 overall total or 50 plus, I probably wouldn't want to get to kickers that much, but there's not that much value in the slate. So I think kickers are going to be uh, more so in play. Same could be said for the defenses, right? We scroll down a little bit here. If you're still watching, please do hit that like button for me. Hit the subscribe button as it pops up. We're back in the studio, chilling out, relaxing, maxing all cool. That means for the first time in a week, we're going to be able to uh, live stream tonight, which is probably my favorite part about my job. I like interacting with all of you. So appreciate that a ton. And be sure to check out as I plug myself right now, the Patreon down below, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore betchy underscore for analysis tools, ownership. You can follow along with this video or follow along on the show or the showdown stream later tonight. Projections, ranking, super draft stuff, all that all that, all that down below for the slate tonight, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetri underscore. So Seahawks defense. Yeah, I think the defense is just like the kickers will be in play as well, because look, I mean, you're getting Russell Wilson turning the ball over a ton, right? We know Carson Wentz is going to turn the ball over a ton and he has not been good this year. You have fumbling problems and drop problems with Miles Sanders in the backfield so far for like a year and a half of his career leads the NFL and drops right now at seven. And I know you might be saying, Sal, how does that correlate to fumbles? It just means that that man don't got that sticky hands and he's fumbled a couple times this year when he's healthy as well. So there's definitely a, a way for that to work out, especially at this cheap price point with not much value. So 
defenses are in play. They're not guesses for me. Seattle ranks 18th overall in defense. They specialize in the run D, number four overall in tackling, number one overall, bad in the secondary and pressure, number 28 in pass rush, number 24 in the secondary. We get to the Seattle tight ends, which is usually a three-headed backfield, right? Three-headed monster, if you will, in, in their receiving group with Disley, Olsen, and also Hollister. And now Olsen is done. Now he said he's not going to retire. It was a gruesome injury, but he said he's not going out that way. Props to him, respect to him. But Will Disley and you would expect Jacob Hollister now to see increased routes run. Maybe they both stabilize around 14 routes a piece or 15 routes a piece instead of like their usual fluky, maybe six routes to 10 routes somewhere around there is where they're all over the place with their routes run. But with no Olsen, look, he's only ran 22 routes in the last three games and seen four targets for 8.2 total fantasy points. That is Will Disley at 3,600. He's on this price point. It's saying that DraftKings thinks he's going to be the starting tight end now and probably going to run like 15 to 20 routes in this game and maybe see four total fantasy points or four total targets in this game. And then he gets eight fantasy points in this game, which at $3,600 would be fantastic. He's seen a 5% target share this year, and he does have 11.6 yards per reception, which is nice to see. Now, Disley is not out of play for me, but if if everybody's going to think that at this price point, I mean, double the price point, more than double, almost triple the price point of Jacob Hollister, I'm not too sure that I'm that confident, right? Three times as confident that Will Disley is going to outscore Jacob Hollister or be used as much as him in this game. So although I do think Disley is the better tight end and he does play more snaps on the year and lately over Hollister, I do think that he's in play at 3,600 because if he does see four targets and eight fantasy points because he's running 15 routes double than he usually does or at least has lately, yeah, it's going to be nice for you and it might actually pay off. But I just want to make sure that people know that for a third of the price almost, you're probably going to get a very similar player in Jacob Hollister tonight. Eagles defense also in play just like Seattle is. They rank 11th overall and they're pretty much average to really good in almost every area except for tackling. They're 31st in tackling. They're number one in pass rush. That's good to see, which keeps their secondary right around 20th. So slightly below average to average or so. And they're number 15 versus the run. So average. So what you're hoping for there is that the pressure gets to Russell Wilson, who has been making mistakes this season. Maybe get a couple sacks, maybe you're able to contain him or just force some turnovers at $2,800. Look, it's decent. If he's going to project out that defense for five to six fantasy points, that's not bad at 2,800. The upside there is that they get to double digits, score a touchdown, and then their 12 fantasy points at $2,800 is paying off for you. As we finish up the slate, Richard Rodgers has been good over the last two games with Goddard back, but don't expect this to continue. He's only ran 16 total routes. Now he's finished with six catches, 108 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Look, that's not terrible. That's very good, right? I mean, if you're going to be getting uh, three catches, even for 50 yards at eight points, take away the touchdown these last two weeks and eight fantasy points at this price point, that's great. But you have to look a little bit more into the numbers. He's due to regress. He only ran five routes last week in week 11. This production is not going to last on this low usage. No interest in Richard Rodgers, no interest at all in Alshon Jeffrey, who's becoming just, honestly, a lot of people say dust. I put a tweet out a couple of weeks, maybe a week ago. Now it's funny that a lot of people just refer to like 30 year old athletes as dust just because they're not as good as the other guys, even though like they're 40 and 50 year old guys typing at home from their computer, right? I guess I get a, uh, the get out of jail free cards and some younger than a lot of these athletes, but uh, Alshon Jeffrey, uh, for those people that would quote him as dust. Yeah, he has not been looking that great because look, he's just getting older. He's coming off of a ton of injuries and there's younger three rookies on this Eagles team now in the passing game that are just going to get a lot more usage and more production. He has not had a single reception. He has not done anything on his couple of targets that he's seen. He's seen three targets since returning the last two weeks and week 11, he was factored out a ton. He only ran three routes, was targeted twice, but I don't expect Alshon Jeffrey to do much here. Maybe he's on the field in the red zone and then you're praying for a touchdown. I'm just not going to have interest. Next up, we get to Jacob Hollister, who, like I said, look, he hasn't been running all that many routes, just eight routes per game this season. I'm expecting more usage. He only ran seven routes in week 11, right? Two catches for 14 yards on three targets. But now if it's seven routes, let's just say with no Greg Olson out there, who's been running in the mid-teens to upper teens in routes each week, if there's no Greg Olson out there and if he's running 14 routes, 15 routes now, and starts running a season high in routes, Jacob Hollister, and starts locking in three to four targets there, that's what you're hoping 
looking for at this price tag of $1,400, it keeps him in play for me. He's probably due to see some expected and increased usage. Boston Scott at $1,000. This is a nice point. It might be a sucker's bet though, like when a betting line looks just so good for you. Like Boston Scott right now, he's on a team behind Miles Sanders, who again is top five in opportunity share this year. But Boston Scott has just been so damn good on a yards per touch standpoint. Boston Scott on yards per touch is number 10 in the NFL amongst running backs with 5.7. So that's the thing. Like if he's only getting six touches, that's actually paying off for you more times than not because he's able to do so much with those touches. So with Miles Sanders being back and then these last two weeks specifically, Scott's seen eight attempts and four receptions. So 12 overall touches. That's pretty damn good at this price point if you can get six touches out of a guy for 124 yards and a touchdown. He saw 14.4 and eight fantasy points. He had that long touchdown run. Helps him out a lot. So you can expect five to six overall touches from Boston Scott in this. On average, more times than not, he's probably going to see 20 to 30 yards and at one to two receptions. So you're looking at like four to five fantasy points at this price point. Closer to five is what I haven't projected for. Then the upside of seeing more usage, the upside of finding the end zone. So Boston Scott stays in play for me on a slate where there's not that much value at all. And then Freddie Swain, after being used every single week this week, very quietly, and nobody knowing about him until he had like three catches in the first quarter, two or three weeks ago, he ran no routes in week 11. He's ran 15 routes per week, though, seeing two targets per game. So, I mean, he's getting 17 yards per game. I got him projected for like one and a half fantasy points. You could do much worse at $200. You're hoping for him to just find and back his way into the end zone or have another three catch 30 yard game. For me right now, he's going to be a no. I'd prefer to get the Boston Scott and Hollister for a little bit more. But if you just want to punt to a $200 guy, the only guy in this slate that I see as even feasibly viable is going to be Freddie Swain at $200 slot. So I scroll back up to the top. Now that's going to be the video. I appreciate it. that is closing out week 12. Unless, unless we get to a Tuesday night game, I believe with the Steelers and Ravens, if it's actually going to go off, I'll also cover that showdown. We'll also go live for that on Tuesday night. So get another little live streaming video in fingers crossed that, that game actually goes tomorrow. As long as everybody's healthy, as long as the protocols are followed. So thank you so much for tuning in, like, and subscribe before you go. Be sure to check out my social medias. You can find them down below. It's probably your best way to reach me unless you're a Patreon. You can just at me in the discord or at me over on Patreon messages, but at salvage DFS on Twitter and at Sal underscore Vetri on Instagram. You can check me out there. You can support the sponsor of the show, which is Superdraft. The promo code is on the screen. That is Sal to get some free money bonus up to $1,000. And if you're listening all this way on the podcast, you still have it in your ears. You're shopping. You're in your car. You're in the gym. You're just chilling out, relaxing, maxing all cool right now in your house. Well, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review for a chance to win a $50 giveaway. Those reviews help a ton as we approach 600 audio reviews on the Apple Podcast Store for Apple devices. And if you're on an Android, you could use Stitcher. Thank you so much, everybody. And I'll see you later tonight, 6 p.m. East Coast time for our live stream. Peace out, gang.